Steel Curtain Network. Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of The Week That Was. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. And I'm Dave Schofield, and the dynamic duo is back, just like the Steelers are back on the field. Dave, I don't know how dynamic I feel right now because training (laughs) camp is in session, and I feel good about that, but with all of this heat in our area, my gosh, I feel sapped and drained and ready for a nap. That you just summed up the story of my life for about the last three days. I mean, <laughs> as exciting as it is to get to trading camp, it's like uh, I don't know. It's got to be a combination of all of it because you know I, I've been I've been ramped up for it. I'm really focused on on doing the the training camp tracker for SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Hey, because if you need to know what's going on with training camp and you want to know as it's happening, go check that out. Sometimes there's just so much information, it even bogs down the article a little bit, but I do my best to get it out there for you. But man, Brian, what a week. Yeah, I tell you what, it is happening. It is here and across the NFL. There's so many things going on, and it makes me feel a little bit better about the Steelers right now, knock on wood. But the reason (laughs) it makes me feel better is there are teams in disarray because of injuries, disarray because because of trade requests and contracts everything's going on and i want to see the pittsburgh steelers focus on football and right now the focus is 2020 meaning like 2020 vision right yes okay not- i got you i was like why are you trying to live in the past everything bad <laughs> yeah i got you i don't know about to me it feels like this is two different weeks it really is because everything that happened before the Steelers got to training camp seems, and the things that were important then don't seem like they're the same kind of things ever since that happens. It's like, it's like two completely different categories, but let's go ahead and dive in uh, the beginning of the week. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it because like I said, compared to the Steelers being on the practice field, a lot of this stuff isn't as discussion worthy as some of the other things. But if you look at it Sunday, because that's where we start off, we start off with, with last Sunday. Last Sunday is when the news came out of the uh, running back meeting, the NFL running back meeting. It was a, it was a, a zoom call. I, be, I believe it was set up by, by um, Austin Eckler. Am I right? Is yes. That set up? And uh, I, I know that uh, Najee Harris is one of the names listed about that, where they're trying to, to to talk about the state of running backs and their contracts and how they could uh, see what's going on with the NFLPA and things of that nature. Th- th- thoughts on that going on? You know what? They are trying to unite. They are trying to, I guess let the world know that uh, running backs are people too, which of course they are, and they want equal pay. I have seen that some contracts, some average pay is less than what a kicker is getting. So yeah, they have a reason to be concerned. But for me, it's I don't know how that changes. Right now, running backs are not the flavor of the month. They are not being featured. Actually, they are in the bargain bin. And that's the problem. They don't want to be marked down. And I, I'll tell you, I talked about this on my stat geek on Thursday. The top eight running backs from 2022 in, in terms of yardage, 
they were all first or second round draft picks, every one of them. So people are saying, well, you can find running backs later in the draft or undrafted. You can, but not the kind that you that that would that's out there getting 1,100 yards or more in a season. At least that's how it was last year. But then you also have to look at it. If you're going to invest in a running back in the first or second round, you're going to want to lean on that running back more because the investment you have in it. And that's why they get the, the carries to get that many yards. It's kind of, you know, a, a cyclical thing. Do you, do you want to be an elite running back and put up the big numbers? Well, in order to do that, you get overworked in order then because you're overworked, then your longevity is, is in question. And then you can't get more, more years in the NFL, which means you have to get to a point where you can get us that second contract and, and those kind of things. It, it really is things working against each other. Yeah. And another thing about it, Dave, if you look at the guy that organized this meeting, he was an undrafted free agent out of Western state. And I would just imagine that that's on the West coast, but I don't really know much about Western state university. Is that something you do? Yeah, I, this, everything I know about Western State University was I just learned from you within the last 20 seconds. And it's in Division Two. <laughs> it is located in Gunnison, Colorado. Okay. And here's the thing. The reason I'm bringing all that up, he was undrafted. And he got the opportunity because Melvin Gordon became expendable. Yeah. He he is now where Melvin Gordon was. What was that? Was that three years ago? Four years? Yeah. However many years ago it was. So in other words, the that's the cycle moving through. And you don't like that maybe the next guy is going to do it, but that was who you were just a little bit ago. That's what I think is ironic about this is that it was specifically him. Not All those other guys don't have the same story. The guys that are drafted in the first or second round, they're like, my goodness, they really, they really can control us. And because the running back, salaries are not up there like other ones they're one of the cheaper free agent tags i mean what what is it just over 10 million dollars this year i mean it'd it'd be twice as much for for an edge rusher so that's why teams will tag a running back because it's really not all that expensive yeah it's it's just a precarious position it's rough for them to be in and the roughest part for the running backs as i wrap this up on my end is the fact that well these guys are still so integral to the outcome of the game yeah having a running game is so important and these are the one guys that are going to have an opportunity to score more because you know you know you're inside the five that running back is going to probably uh, get the carries to get into the end zone. And uh, of course that has changed a little bit, but definitely relied on so heavily, but not paid for doing all that heavy lifting. Yeah. It's just, it's just the nature of the length of the contracts and of the rookie contracts. And for those people that thought the idea is, well, well then running backs just shouldn't have as long as a rookie contract as other, as other positions. If you do that, guess what? Teams are going to be less likely to draft them because you can't hold them as long enough, and then they're not going to get as much money in their in their rookie contract. And it's good. It's just going to. Th- that's not an answer. But if we're going to talk running backs, to go into it a little bit more, we go to Monday. Then we hear a story of another running back, man, Bills running back Naheem Hines, out for the season, non football injury. Apparently was sitting stationary on a jet ski and someone ran into him. 
messed up yeah. as me. Yeah. Uh, anybody could say now, anybody that's going to go out and say, well, he shouldn't have been on a jet ski. And uh, my gosh, can you imagine if this was a stealer? Oh gosh, they were, people would be going crazy. He should have been never on that jet ski in that. And uh, so it, it, it would have, it's just one of those things, but you're allowed, unless it's in your contract that you're not allowed to have leisure time. That's pretty tough. This was a freak accident. And now he lost the entire season. And Brian, don't you understand that these players, when they leave the practice field, they get wrapped in bubble wrap and, and just laid down in, in a cot to then get up for their next practice. And, yeah. and oh, well, 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 well they, they get propped up so they can watch film. And other, you know, and then other than that, you know, someone wheels them to bed, wheels them back out. There you are for practice. Take off the bubble wrap. There you go. Yeah. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking in jest. It's the whole notion of, yeah, you don't want to make dumb decisions, but it didn't seem like he was doing anything all that. He wasn't doing anything all that dumb, but just just so happened to be what it was. Absolutely. It, it kind of breaks my heart here because the guy definitely has a lot of talent, did some really good things for both Indianapolis and the Colts. Uh, excuse me, and the Bills. And the Bills. So I would love to see him uh, get on back out there. Yeah. Um, to finish up Monday, the only other news that really went on was that a former Baltimore Raven is still going to be on the Steelers' schedule this year, just not in that putrid purple. And that was corner cornerback Marcus Peters. Was Marcus? Was, yeah, with the with Mar the Raiders. Go ahead. Marcus Peters is one of those guys. I don't care. They're only going to see him once this year yeah he is one of those guys that is was a perfect baltimore raven for this rivalry because he was definitely one that would get into people's faces very tough player uh you know you could always count on uh getting a penalty out of him because he could get all revved up and ready to go i'm glad that they don't have to face him twice in a season yeah so that's just some some interesting news out there going on Brian, we're rolling on. Let's roll to Tuesday because really we want to get to when the Steelers get to camp. We're Tuesday. You're on. It was the, the eve of everything. We're back to NFL running backs. Saquon Barkley could not work out a long-term deal because he didn't do it by July 17th. It's usually the 15th, but the 15th was a Saturday. So it was July 17th is how it works with the franchise tag. But it doesn't mean you have to play on the tag. You can sign a different one-year deal, and that's what he did. And that usually does not happen. This is, I mean, I can you remember a time when a player on the franchise tag, they didn't work out a long-term deal, and they signed a different deal other than the franchise tag? I, I can't think of one offhand. No, absolutely, I can't either. And one of the reasons it is very rare is just the fact that you have to bet on yourself a lot with contracts and you don't want to bet on yourself and get hit with an injury. And we are going to be talking about guys that have uh, faced that in just a, uh, a few minutes on this show. Yeah. And, and the thing with Barkley is it was reportedly worth up to $11 million. The, the franchise tag would have been 10.1. So they're like, well, okay, well, why'd they even bother? But you know what? That extra 900 K got him in training camp. And maybe that's more important to the to to, to the Giants than the, that difference in the money. Some people were like, "Oh, Saquon, you know, had that meeting and then he sold out." I don't know that he did that either. I'm sorry, I'm not turning down eleven million dollars, and he can go out there and 
I mean, next year, well, the other thing that that does is if they tag him again, he's not going to get that, what is it, 120% of his previous contract. Now instead 10.1, it's 11. You know, so at least at least by being 11, and he also bumped up what the salary cap number will be for running back next year. Um, salary cap, not salary cap. Franchise tag, that's the word I'm looking for. So uh, there, there were some some things in there. I mean, at the same time, you also just you also want to play football. You want to be out there on the field doing your thing. But at the same time, if he has a, something bad, he's got nothing beyond this year. So I, there, there's a lot of trade-offs there. That those there are, are the trade situations. Yeah, yeah, they def there definitely are trade offs there, Dave. But here's the thing: we found out, and Le'Veon Bell is the case study for this. He is yeah. the cautionary tale because shitting, uh, excuse me, <laughs> sitting on the shelf, I sitting on the shelf is one of. The <laughs> uh, sitting on the shelf is. Man, those S's are killing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna try this one more time, Dave. All right, Sit- here we go. <laughs> Sitting on the shelf is not going to keep you fresh. No, it's not, and that's. I mean, sometimes it could work, and but you can see where it doesn't work. So. There really is no one size fits all for those kind of situations. So, but uh, that's that's kind of going to be what's going on with running backs. I, so, is the only one who's not signing in in camp right now, that would be Josh Jacobs, and that's who the Steelers face week three. So that's going to be real interesting how that plays out. Don't you think? It really is, and that is a crazy situation. Uh, We do have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders insider and the great Hondo Carpenter that reports uh, from the facility every few days, actually three times a day. Yeah, multiple times a day. Yeah, and and there have been a lot of shows on Josh Jacobs, and that's something that I do listen to. I, I do collaborate with Hondo and the Raiders as well, and I've noticed that this is a situation that you don't want to be in, and it's going to probably it, – it's at a stalemate right now, and that could very easily affect week three because don't expect – if he holds out all of training camp, you know, week three might be his his first time in. And remember what we just talked about, shelf sitting, how dangerous it act actually is. Yeah. So we'll see how that, you know, that there's still some time there. I'm not, yeah, it's interesting to keep in the back of your mind, but I'm not, you know, on the edge of my seat waiting for that one to happen because the Steelers got other business to take care of before that. And there was some stuff also, what are we, are we still on Tuesday? Yeah. There's some stuff on Tuesday that came out with the 49ers who the Steelers faced the first week. And that was, you know, when, when, when GM John Lynch was speaking to the media that Brock Purdy with his elbow was cleared to practice. So he's, he was getting out there. That's when that announcement came out. And also that they weren't expecting Nick Bosa to be at practice to, to, to show up. And he didn't. So that's some interesting stuff with who the Steelers face in week one. Yeah, especially in week one, you know, you don't expect, you really don't expect that to last way too long with the Boza situation. We saw that with the Steelers and TJ Watt just two years ago, but that was expected. He did show up. He did the hold in instead of the hold out. Holdouts are a lot different 
because when do you go ahead and do that? Then you're looking at the fact that, well, you're not exactly in foot, football shape. You cannot be monitored. At least you're in the facility when you're holding in. This is completely different. This, if Dan Moore Jr. or Broderick Jones don't have to face a man named Bosa in the uh, first week of the season and Kenny Pick can breathe easier, well, the whole team has a much better chance because he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. Well, and here's a couple things to remember about this. One, most of the time when it's a hold out versus a hold in is saying that they're not as close. To me, with the hold in is saying, hey, the only reason I'm not practicing, I'm here, I'm ready to go. But to say, until we get everything signed on the dotted line, let's go ahead and not risk anything. But that could be just me and my own interpretation. The other thing is, in the in the latest CBA, teams can't waive these fines anymore. It's a 50K a day fine for not being there. And that has to come out of their pay. So that it used to be all people would, they, they would take the fine. And then in order to come back, part of the contract negotiation is that got waived. They're not allowed to do that anymore. They're, they just would have to pay them that much more, however they want to work that out. But uh, that's still a long ways away from week one, but those are things to, to, to keep in mind. But there was stuff on Tuesday that was the next piece of news was not about week one and on in September 10th. This was about the next day. This was about the Steelers being ready for the next day. And that is, it was reported, it wasn't announced by the Steelers till the next day, but it was reported by Mark Caballi that the Steelers had come to terms with second round draft pick Joey Porter Jr., one of the last players from the 2023 NFL draft across the whole league to sign. There's a collective sigh of relief, and everybody was so elated to see that PZ Jr. was going to show up to camp, and that was a big deal for everybody. But what they didn't realize that this is 2023, and those rookie contracts, those rookie holdouts are uh, really not much of a story. It's just a little bit of a worry, but really doesn't equate to too much. Yeah, there was one, and it lasted two days. It was a top ten pick, um, in in Devin Witherspoon, but it lasted what two, three days. I mean, it's already done. So those those were. It's just nice to know that all these other things that were looming that you get with some of the other teams, Steelers weren't dealing with that. But then there was some contract news. Just this, this isn't Steelers, but this just affects the whole landscape of the NFL. My goodness, $262.5 million five-year extension for quarterback Justin Herbert, who, much like the, the Steelers in recent years, has never won a playoff game. Yeah, but everybody is uh, doubling down on quarterbacks right now as far as they're putting all the chips on those guys, and that is their franchise We've seen it across the NFL for so many years. You know that the MVP is going to be a quarterback, and everybody is hoping that they have theirs in place. It's very rare to see a team that has a journeyman starting at quarterback. It still happens in the National Football League. But for a Steeler fan, you could look at this and rest easy that you're only going into year number two of Kenny Pickett on a five-year contract. So... We as Steeler Nation could breathe easy for just a little bit. Yeah, it's coming, but you know what? It's not coming 
in 2023. But I will tell you, I do find it interesting that this is the third time this league year. I do believe it started in the league year. It wasn't. It wasn't before the league year started. Maybe we'll say this calendar year then that the highest paid player in the NFL ever was established and then broken. When was it? Jalen Hurts, then Lamar Jackson, then Justin Herbert. Is he going to get broken again here in in the next few weeks, Brian? You think oh, so? Yeah. You think yeah, so? I, I think it will, but that's if that player remains healthy. Yeah, yes, and we will get to that. We are a couple days away from that. But let's go ahead and roll to Wednesday before we do our break because you could say, oh, well, let's let's break and then talk about the Steelers at camp. The Steelers were at camp on Wednesday, but they didn't have an official practice. We're going to go ahead and knock this out. The arrival, not a lot of, you know, not fancy, flashy, or anything like that. I mean, Presley Harvin Jr. is trying – I say – not junior Presley Harvin the third. Sorry, Presley Harvin the third's trying to uh, get Christian Kuntz to help him bring in his massage chair. I mean, the, you've, you're talking about Broderick Jones coming in, showing up with, with an Uber, because in order to get there. I mean, those are the kind of stories of the Steelers showing up to camp. Anything that stands out to you? To me, I'll tell you now. What stands out to me was when Coach Tomlin said, "Hey, everyone's conditioned. Nobody starts on pup." That's what mattered to me. Yeah, that is exactly what matters. And one thing that we talked about on the Steelers preview, I want to go a little step, one step further. It shows that this is more of a team atmosphere. We talked about on that show that it seems like it's a business and focused team. But now for me, it's showing that it's more of a team and not a group of individual individuals that have the same color jerseys. So I am really elated to know that this team isn't doing anything as far as, hey, look at me. They're just coming in as Pittsburgh Steelers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, that's entertainment to me. That's fine. But it seems very businesslike, Dave. Yes. Yeah, and like I said, how many players on this team have won a playoff game as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's only two. You know, I think it's just Cam and Bots. Yep. Um, that that's it, I should have looked that up <laughs> since I mentioned it before. But there, that's why there's no reason to show up and do those things. You just need to take care of your business, get there, do what you can do. The other thing from Wednesday, I don't read too much into it, other than we had an inside report that said this was all all but a done deal. But apparently. Mike Tomlin's deciding, yeah, let's just wait till next year to worry about any kind of contract extension. He's got two years left. He's not worried about it. Um, and this was this was re- reported by Jerry Dulock that said, don't read into the reason. And everybody's going to read into the reason. Oh, the Steelers are not sold no. on Mike Tomlin. And that's what everybody's going to say. Now, we had a report from that same insider just a few weeks back saying that the Steelers are all in on Kenny Pickett despite what you're hearing out there. Now, this is the same thing. We kind of feel like Mike Tomlin is going to get wrapped up. It seems like this is inevitable, but Mike Tomlin wants to focus on the season, and that's all there is to it. That means that he is secure in his position and he is not going to put his personal finances, put his future 
um, in the way of this team. And that's what I'm reading into this. Yeah. And I'm, I really am not worried about, I mean, if coach Tomlin was going into the last year of his contract, then I'd be worried, but this, I'm, I'm not even worried, but just kind of wonder what's happening. I'm not, I'm just saying just to me, it's not him getting an extension. Even to me is a non-story him not getting an extension is just as much of a non-story. That's just not one of those things I'm overly concerned about. But what I am concerned about is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking the practice field. So before we dive into Thursday, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these messages, probably talking to you about hydrogen. All right, Steelers fans, we are back. I hope you maybe enjoyed some of, of those messages or maybe just had a nice little break from having to hear our voices. But we are ready to roll on with the week that was. Are we still sitting on the shelf there, Brian? Are we Are we good there? All yeah, right. there. It, it's, uh, it's sitting and nothing more. All right. Nothing more. Okay. So Thursday, it was the first day of practice. But before that happened, before that happened, the, the man, the con artist, general manager Omar Khan, he spoke to the media ahead of practice, you know, do, doing his thing. I enjoyed his press conference the, for, for this one. I, I wrote an article on it. Um, he They're not really working. They're kind of in a new situation of not really working on any contracts right now. And some people read into that as like, oh, some of these guys going to their last year. Oh, sorry, Levi Wallace. I guess you're not going to get a deal. I mean, come on. The Steelers just drafted two cornerbacks. Levi Wallace is there. He knows he's playing for another contract, either here or somewhere else. I didn't think he was expecting anything to, you know, he's only in the second year of Pittsburgh. That's not what I thought was actually going to get done. Uh, so to me, I, I didn't really have any other ones as the guy that looks at the salary cap that I really thought the Steelers would be doing. And I love that they're in this situation that you don't have these things looming over camp. Definitely very odd. And one of the things that we were looking at maybe a couple months ago was the fact that Alex Highsmith was the only significant free agent that the Steelers needed to wrap up. And now that's done. If you look at a guy like Levi Wallace, he is just on a different tier. It does not yeah. mean that he is not important to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just means that this tier level is something that you're going to go ahead and see how he plays in this season again and decide what kind of tier he is in after his contract expires. That's what you have to do because not everybody can get wrapped up, Dave. It's just not exactly. possible because of salary cap. Well, and, and here's the other thing. Levi Wallace, I, I don't think, I, I don't know why he would even want to do this right now because it's not like he's going to get out there and be getting top dollar. But look at it this way. The Steelers have, you know, they, they signed Patrick Peterson. They draft Joy Porter Jr. and Corey Trice. If Levi Wallace is in a crowded cornerback room, Pittsburgh might not be the best place for him next year if these guys really come on strong. But if Pittsburgh gives the place for him, and at the end of the season we're like, man, the Steelers need to go out and make sure they keep Levi Wallace, then that's a good season. If you're talking about Levi Wallace still being a big key guy and someone that you don't want to lose, even with the young guys in waiting, 
then that's a good thing. And that's good for the Steelers. And that and that's good for Wallace as well. So I don't I don't see where for either party it made much sense to do anything now anyway. So I don't, is there anything more you want to say about that? Just to the fact that, one, it's hard to disagree with you at all. I can't even come up with anything to disagree with you <laughs> on. And sometimes that makes for better listening. But, no, I am right <laughs> with you on that. The second thing about this is – you know, there's a lot of risk in player personnel on both sides for the player and for the organization. And you've you have got to play that game a little bit. And it has to be done just because of something we just talked about. And because of there being different tiers and because of there being a salary cap cap, not everybody can get wrapped up right now. Yeah. So You've you've got to play wait and see, and that's not always good enough for a Joe and Joette fan. It's yeah. a hard thing to do. Yeah, but so anything else you want to say about Omar Khan? Or are you ready to talk about the beginning of everything? Let's talk about the beginning of everything because you know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about we're talking about practice. Yeah, we're going to talk about practice because first you've got to practice and then you have to you play to win the game. And so you have, so you got to practice, you got to play to win the game. So eventually you can talk about. Playoffs. So there we go. So that's where it starts. You got to practice, play to win the game, and then playoffs. So this is day one of everything. It really starts on Thursday. First day, Steelers take the field. They're still not in pads, so there's only so much you can do. You, a lot of a lot of things you can judge from the skill positions when you're talking about the big boys up front on both sides of the ball. Not as much, just because when the pads go on, that's when that really gets going. But first day of practice, nothing, nothing stood out really in a bad way. Plenty of reports on that. Anything you want to say about that first day of practice? Yeah, the biggest controversy from that day was the practice uniforms and Kenny Pickett <laughs> saying that he didn't really like him, which I actually think they're kind of cool. I do too. It's a little bit different than uh, what we've seen, what legendary in the past couple of years. Is, this is just uh, a little bit different to me. I, I kind of like it. It's flashy for a practice jersey. The second thing is you just heard about player reports and the start of, well, this guy looks good. Oh, this guy doesn't look good. And we caution you on that. And that's something we did on yep. the preview the other night. Yeah, because that was after one day. And now, now you've got three days. You can feel a little bit better or worse about those things as it goes. And like I said, every time the offense succeeds, you could look at it as a defensive failure. Every time the defense succeeds, you could look at it as an offensive failure. Do you want to look at the success or do you want to look at the failures? It's tough when you go up against against each other, but my goodness, the Steelers are practicing. We are they're playing football, even football in shorts that we can talk about because it's part of that progress that's that's going to be day in day out, except for you know off days on Mondays. But sometimes things don't always go the way that everyone hopes that they do. Like there was a report out of out of Cincinnati Bengals training camp. Did you see the video of one? Joe Burrow coming up limping. Did you yes. watch the video? Yeah, especially if you are a AFC North fan. And that is, uh, look, 
a lot of people can't stand this guy because it's one of those deals. You hate us because you ain't us. And Joe Burrow is and has done so many things in just a very short time in the National Football League. He could be the next king. And we talked about this when we were talking about Justin Herbert. Well, you teased it. Who's going to be the next player to get the big contract? Joe Burrow is the next man to get that contract. And he is probably one in line for a whole lot more than blockbuster deal that Justin Herbert got. But when he gets hurt, that puts the season for the Bengals in jeopardy. And it also puts his contract future in jeopardy. This doesn't seem to be that bad, but it is a concern. And dings on a quarterback sometimes diminish the season. Well, I actually had thought about something right away. I'm like, so did he really? I'm like, well, could, could this have just been some really big theatrics? Could this be one of those kind of things of like, we kind of want you to hold in. We don't want you to get hurt right now while we're working out this deal. So uh, let's just, let's give you a calf strain. You think you can pull up limp on one play, you know, hobble around a little bit and we'll say, oh, he's got a calf strain. He's going to be out for the, for most of the preseason. I don't think that's really what happened, but I have to admit the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, this is kind of nice. You don't have to worry about Joe Burrow not being out there with the team because of a contract situation. Now it's because of, of a little bit of injury. And there was, he wasn't the only injury that happened. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had that. We'll do more. We'll talk more about that one um, on on Friday, because that's when you found out more what was going on with him. But those are the kind of things that are happening. That's the big, the biggest news in the NFL right now is the bad news. It really is. So anything more about, about Thursday or are you, are you ready for Friday? Bring in the heat. What you just said about the possibility of Joe Burrow and the, uh, the controversial calf strain. Now, if that is, if it's some chicanery out there, then that's pretty crappy. Yeah. I, I don't think it is, but yeah, on, I, mean, I have to admit the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, Hey, it's much easier. Cause people could say, Oh man, if he's not practicing, getting ready for the season because of his contract. But now it's oh no, he can't practice. He's got to take care of his leg and get better. He'll be out there taking mental reps. He'll be fine. You know, it's a whole different narrative. That's tampering with an injury report, if you ask me, even though it's not up there is no game. injury report. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realize not an injury report, but it's not before a game, but tampering with the situation. So getting back to my gaff earlier, this is not sitting on a shelf. It's no. my mistake, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm the, like I said, I don't believe that's really what it was, but I, I couldn't, I, I had to admit that the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, man, I mean, think of that narrative. Two years ago when T.J. Watt wasn't practicing. If T.J. Watt wasn't practicing because he was nursing an injury, don't you think fans would have had a whole different outlook on it? I think they would have. But that's not the but, – but, but why the ruse? Why do it that way? So I, I don't think that's the case. I think Joe Burrow really, really had that. But honestly, I'm glad he's not long-term injured. I want to see him – I don't want that to affect his contract at all. I want to see him, you know, get, get, get that truck, back it up, the, the Brinks truck because it's only going to help help 
the Steelers' situation over the next couple of years while they still have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Because and it hamstrings the Bengals. Yeah, that well, that's it what really I meant. Does. Yeah, because the, that'll do that to the Bengals. When the Bengals were laughing at the Steelers a couple of years ago, hey, look at us, we've got a quarterback on a on a rookie deal while you're still paying uh, a guy that can't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. And uh, now, oh, how times have changed. So. Speaking of changing times, let's get to Friday. That was a very hot practice. That was, I mean, heat index over 100. They were out there. There were three players that uh, you thought maybe were injured or, or, or one way or the other, but Mike Tomlin reported that they were all heat-related. Um, and Deontay Johnson, uh, DeMarvin Leal, and Connor Hayward all had some heat-related issues out there. You don't want to mess with those heat issues when when something starts to present itself, so when one of those things shows up, you've got to take care of it. But uh, other than that, it seemed like it, it was another good practice for the Steelers. Well, let me talk about those heat issues. If I'm not mistaken, I think his name was Corey Stringer in the year 2000 yes. or 2001, and who died with the Minnesota Vikings because of a heat-related situation and died. And which is, you know, definitely devastating. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about something a little bit different here. You know that I do spend some time in BSA with the scouts and with resident residential camp. And not just that, but the National Jamboree that went on for the last two weeks. They, they were Black Flag Days. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you know what a Black Flag Day is. There's, there's different flags. If a red flag day is you're not selling soda or slush puppies or anything like that you're you have to have all of the uh the people out there um watching the weather stay hydrated on a black flag day you know it's uh try to be inside as much as possible in the air if you can and that's hard in a camp situation all i know is just walking and i'm talking even 10 o'clock last night it was it was still hard to breathe out there because of how hot and humid yeah. it actually was. Yeah. I think there's some relief coming and that's good, but man, it, it was a hot one out there. And, but coach Tomlin, he embraced it. He says, Hey, we got to learn how to play in it. We're going to do that. We're not going to run away from it, but you know, also I, I like, you know, you're taking care of guys when they, when they have a problem. There was some other news on Friday. You had some uh, pro football hall of fame, uh, semifinalists with ties to the Steelers. Uh, as uh, uh, for in the coach and contributor category, in one Art Rooney Jr. Jr. and Buddy Parker. This is probably more your wheelhouse, so I'm going to let you talk about this. It is my wheelhouse, and Art Rooney Jr. was one of the guys, the head scout. He was one of the guys that uh, did the evaluating. He was a lot like a general manager at that time as well, even though he was not, you know. He is a Steeler through and through. He helped shape those teams as well. So it would be another Rooney getting in there. And remember, this is not Art 2. This is Art Rooney Jr. Now, when we talk about Buddy Parker, he's got ties to the Steelers, but did not have a winning record with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a coach. He had a winning record and won championships with the Detroit Lions. So, you know, Buddy Parker's legacy, one of his main legacies was not liking draft picks. And he traded yeah. away a lot of draft picks. And there, there were some guys that could have been Steelers, but 
like a, a Dick Butkus or of all things, you know, a uh, Jim Brown, guys yeah. like that. But the Steelers were trading away those picks all the time because he was bringing in veterans. And, uh, you know, so as far as this goes, I'm rooting more for Art Rooney Jr. to get in and not Buddy Parker because Buddy Parker is the pride of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still going to be announced by the Steelers because it's someone with ties to them, but I wouldn't say that it was a, someone that was a, was a Steeler through and through. So that's exactly right. Um, before we finish up Friday, there was some other you know injury news around the league. I've mentioned before about Jalen Ramsey. You found out more about what they had to go in to do a surgery, figure out how long he was going to be gone. Looks like he's not going to be back till around December. Earlier in the week, I, I didn't put mention this earlier in the week, but there was a former member of the Steelers, a uh, former offensive lineman, not from last year, but the year before, uh, when uh, David DeCastro had his medical issues that ended up causing his retirement eventually. Uh, the Steelers brought in Trey Turner, spent a year with the Steelers, was with Washington last year, was with it was New Orleans, right? Yes. For about two days, and he suffered an injury where he's out for the season. So those are the kind of news that you can get from around the NFL when you hear about things going on with these players. So that's that that's something I almost don't even want to want to speak about it. But that's so far that's the kind of stuff that that you're avoiding from certain camps that we like to follow. Let's go ahead and move to Saturday. Saturday was another big day. Anything else you want to say about Friday though? Um, nope. Okay. I'm feeling all right. Better. Moving on to Saturday. I was I was ready for it. Before practice, the Steelers announced their Hall of Honor inductees for 2023. They're down to doing four in a class. That's the way they did it last year. I like it. They did. They had to do a bunch early on to get to get the people in there that needed to be there. So that way, guys that were the guys this year aren't waiting another 10, 15 years because you're only going in four at a time from the very beginning. So here's here, here's the four. First one that they announced was Aaron Smith. Uh, should I just talk all four? Or do you want to mention or do you want to talk about them one at a time? No, go ahead. Hit the four. Hit the four. Okay. So, so you have Aaron, Aaron Smith. Then I always was, was Moon the nickname? Yes. Jerry Moon Mullins. Jerry, okay. And- Moon. Cause they didn't even have that on pro football reference. Jerry Moon Mullins. Um, Offensive lineman, love it that they're getting love. He wasn't the only one. Ray Mansfield also going into the Hall of Honor. And then, of course, the player that I thought was going to go in last year, so much so I'd already written the article, and here I was wrong. But he made it this year. Greatest play in Super Bowl history, James Harrison. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Super Bowl champion, and two-time Super Bowl champion. All very integral to all of those, all of those uh, victories for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the years. Uh, you know, if you don't know about a guy like Mansfield, the Ranger, this guy was actually a defensive lineman with Philadelphia, gets traded to the Steelers, ends up with the Steelers. And next thing you know, he's the center for a long time. People don't realize that he was the starting center in Super Bowl 9 and Super Bowl 10 and it was not yeah. Mike Webster. It wasn't Mike Webster yet. Then nope. you have a guy like Moon Mullins and the uh, the reason he went to the University of Southern California, there were been a couple reasons for the nickname, one because he had a propensity for uh 
um, showing the cheeks. <laughs> and also, uh, sometimes he was out there. He was mm-hmm. uh, in the stratosphere um, to the moon, but an excellent player for the Steelers. I really, one of the, one of the top offensive linemen throughout that entire 70s dynasty, but you just don't know about him because you know about Mike Webster. You uh, probably know about John Kolb and the the rest of the guys are a little more anonymous because we have so many Hall of Famers on that team. But these two gentlemen from the 70s definitely deserve to get in. And then wouldn't we throw in the guys from the 2000s being Smith and Harrison? Absolutely. They are uh, definitely a pride of those teams. Yeah, I love absolutely love this class for the Hall of Honor. I mean, come on, you're going offensive line. Love it that they're getting the notoriety. James Harrison, it was only a matter of time because of everything with him, former defensive player of the year. And I have to say, I think Aaron Smith is one of the most underrated members of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the modern era. That so many people don't understand what he was to that defense. He wasn't the flashy guy. He wasn't the outspoken guy. Man, did he give a great interview today during that that uh, announcement. He looks like he can still go out there and play. He really does. I was I was really imp- impressed by that. But just really, really like that class. Great to see those guys. Um, and of course, there's lots of there's plenty of other players that would also still be be worthy of being in in the Hall of Honor, and they will be. But I, I like the selections they have for this year. That enshrinement will be the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on October. 29th, I do believe, is when that will take place. There'll be a dinner the night before, all that good stuff. So that was the Hall of Honor. One more thing on that Hall of Honor thing, if I may. Now, Mansfield has passed. He passed away on a hiking trip in 1996, but it's still very important to his family. But when you look at guys like, now Harrison, he's on the fringe. He's a possibility for the Hall of Fame. But when you're looking at Mullins and you're looking at Aaron Smith, you do not, they are not going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So for them, this is the this is the highest honor. And I think it I cannot speak for them, but I would think it would mean so much to be yeah. recognized by the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that they're one of the greatest franchises in the history of this game. Absolutely. It just just, it did, I don't know, it kind of brought chills when I was watching that today. I, I really enjoyed that. But uh, there might have been some chills for people standing out uh, at, at practice, even though it was hot again. If there was any chills, it was going to be because it was also wet. It was a rainy practice partway through today for the – or Saturday. We are recording this little, all – it's almost Sunday, but actually um, – that it, it was it was rainy at practice, just gave a whole different dynamic. There was also a couple injuries this time. There was a the Marvin Leal again, but this was almost heat breathing related. Uh, Coach Sean was saying, but you had Demonte KZ with an ankle. Alfonso Graham fell on his shoulder. You know, not wearing shoulder pads, and everything. He said those guys might be dinged up a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked if both those guys miss practice on Sunday. It's an off day Monday. And then maybe they could be back. We'll see how long those linger. But uh, one more with that was no Minka Fitzpatrick. 
Coach Tallman said he was giving a few days off for a personal reason that he highly supports him in and that everything's fine in that regard. But other than that, just more practice, Steelers getting out there, getting the work in. Yeah, and when you are working through the heat, like Mike Tomlin said, you know, we need to be in situations like that. You also need to be playing in the rain as well. It it helps shape your game now. There were some con- concern because the defense looked better on Saturday from reports than the offense. But come on, when you're also playing in the rain and you are in those kind of scenarios, it's a little tough. But the bottom line, they when they're practicing in the rain, you can go ahead and break out the soundtrack with, it's raining men of steel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I don't have that sound clip to play over top of you. So I'll just, I'll just let your, your, your beautiful words sound for themselves. Thank you, David. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know if you could detect the sarcasm in that one. Hey, oh, there, there was yes. some, there was some other news beyond practice. There was NFL news. Hey, we've been talking a lot about running backs in this one. Uh, apparently Jonathan Taylor didn't like the, the words that his owner said was, I think maybe the day before about, Hey, the running backs whining about this now when this is what they, what, what, what they all agreed to kind of seems, I don't know about that. Well, then Jonathan Taylor turns around on Saturday and says he wants a trade and the owner, owner turns around Saturday night and says, no, we're not trading him. Yeah. Not going to happen. So that's an interesting story to, uh, line to look at because uh, much later in the season when the Steelers uh, face off against Indianapolis. First thing first, when you're talking about the Indianapolis Colts owner, Mr. Ursay, you're going to know for a fact that he's probably probably top three most controversial owners in the National Football League. Um I would probably say top three. I mean, if I am being a little aggressive on that, he's no worse than top five. Very controversial. Not afraid to say what he's going to say. Um, Brian, I'm going to say he was probably top three a month ago. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So he might have even moved up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. he's a, he, a lot of people think of him as a Harbs. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. They, they, they think of him in that realm Yes. So let's just say that, you know, Taylor's going to come out and say that. Then they're like, nope, not at all. You're not getting it. And I get it. I mean, you want to keep that player, but you want to be in a situation where you were are with Najee Harris. When Najee Harris comes out and speaks about a situation, he said, first things first, I love Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the organization. He says all that. This is not against the Steelers. This is against the uh, National Football League and for how running backs in my position is being treated. Now, Jonathan Taylor comes out, says, you know, like, I, I don't like what this guy's saying. You know, you can't be in a relationship that you don't trust the person that's paying the bills. And so he wants to get out of there. I can't blame him for wanting to get out of there because when you hear comments like that, you do not feel the support that you feel that you deserve. And you don't feel like you want to go full force and sacrifice your body for that kind of owner. And I would probably think that that's what this is all about. And really, I actually support the player on this one. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. 
Um, not, not about supporting the player. I mean, I, I'm kind of indifferent for it right now. I mean, more, I'm, I'm okay with the player and I understand that the, the owner can say some dumb things in the past. My biggest thing is it's really hard to lay it all on the line for an organization that you don't think ultimately believes in you. So yeah, I get why you would say, let me at least go somewhere where they believe in me. So I agree. That's just, there's a lot of these situations going on right now. Boy, it's nice to not have the Steelers be one of them. Instead, we did get some pretty interesting Steelers news. Once again, not reported by the team at this time, but it is reported by multiple sources that the Steelers did make a roster move on Saturday, and that was that they have signed inside linebacker Quan Alexander. He came in to visit with the Steelers. My goodness, how long ago was that, Brian? That was in June, right? Was it in June? I mean, it feels like eons. Yeah, and it was one of those situations where you're like, oh, it's probably not going to happen. Maybe it's going to no. Maybe later we'll see. Who knows what really happened? Um, It wasn't, you know what? I don't think it was June. I think it was May. I think it was May. I remember. Really? I remember when that when that story was and everything. I, now that I think back on, I'm pretty sure it was in May. Then it would have been the very end of May, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I could even I could probably give you it was it was in the 20s. Um, it was a Monday. Uh, I know because my kids were on a field trip and I was at a field trip and and Jeff was writing the article. So that was that was interesting. So. He signed with the Steelers one year. We don't know what the what the deal was. This is now his fifth NFL team. Uh, he played his first four years in Tampa. Then he played uh, roughly a season and a half in San Francisco, and then a season and a half in New Orleans. Last year he was with the Jets. Uh, they liked him with the Jets. The bottom line is, is this, where is he with, with his role and how is he going to fit in with the other inside linebackers? They say he's a pretty dominant personality, alpha male type guy. Is it that that's really what the Steelers need? How's it all going to work? Steelers got to be confident that if they're going to make this move. Yeah, I, I really think they are. And this is a good time to bring a guy in because if you wait two more weeks, then it's not a good time to bring a guy in. That's more of a desperation move. This isn't a desperation move. This is a situation we think we could boost it and he – is basically here from the beginning. Yes, he was not at minicamp. Um, we know he wasn't at minicamp. He wasn't in any OTAs. But what he is, is essentially at the beginning of training camp. Well, and from some of the stuff that I read, he's your linebacker that you're going to want to have on the field in pass coverage, from what I understand. Um We'll we'll see if that's ultimately what happens. That you know, Cole Holcomb's a guy that you're gonna could have out there in both situations. Uh Landon Roberts is probably more of your run stop stopper, like a Vince Williams type. Uh maybe the Steelers are like, yeah, Mark Robinson still needs some more work. Yeah, maybe Tanner Muse is just a special teams guy. Yeah, maybe Nick K. I'm not even gonna try to screw up his name again. Maybe there's a reason why he wasn't on a roster. I don't know. Throwing one more guy into the mix, I, I I don't mind it. I assume he's probably now a guy that's going to be have an inside track to the roster um, for 
with everything. But once again, we thought the same thing last year with, with outside linebacker with Jannard Avery. And then next thing you know, he's getting cut partway through camp. Um, but remember, they did multiple cuts last year. So um, with the way the NFL had it set up. So you just never know exactly how these are going to work out. But it seems like he could really be fitting that one thing that Steelers fans were still kind of concerned with going into, into training camp. Yeah, he really can. And they are not being shy in bringing in a lot of talent. These, there is going to be a very good player. It's even at inside linebacker, not just, uh, I mean, like everywhere else on the team too, but there are going to be some names that are cut at the end. And yeah. when you, when you look at big names, yeah. Somebody with a big name that has just been brought in or maybe uh, a veteran will be cut because they're stockpiling and that's not a bad thing to do. I think that's the new NFL is stockpile and other teams come in and recycle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I just, for the longest time, we're like, Oh my goodness, the Steelers have totally revamped that room, but do they have any depth? You know what? I think that kind of helps sure that up just a little bit, but Brian, I think that's the week that was, I really think it was. So I, I don't know how you feel about it. I personally, I feel good. I feel so good. I dance. You have to because the Steelers are back in Latrobe at St. Vincent College in training camp, getting ready for the season. We've been waiting for it for six months. Now we're in the midst of it. Let's go. Yeah, and make sure that you continue to check out Steel Curtain Network for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And for more NFL stuff, check out Fans First Sports Network as well. For Senor Soundbite, Dave Schofield, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. That was the week that was black and gold style. Steel Curtain Network. Get it.